0: And it's good to know you're online, wherever you are. Uh, So as always, at this time, we like to talk about prosperity and find out what God has for us to to know and understand concerning our finances. And we want to keep in mind that uh, until God can operate and flow and function in our finances, then we will be very limited in doing what it is that he has for us to do in the earth. Because everything that, well, not everything, but so much of what we do, in the world, in the earth, takes money or resources or finances of some type. And so we want to make sure that our mind is right and connected to God's word on what we do with our finances so that, again, we can be fully used by him to accomplish everything that he has for us to accomplish. And in days like the days that we're living in right now where the cost of everything is going up and dealing with inflation and things like that, we, we don't want to be strapped by not being able to operate financially. We don't want our bank account to tell us that we're not allowed to get God's word out. or We're not allowed to share God's word with certain people that we would have had an opportunity to do so. So by way of quick example, you know, some of the ministries that we follow, like my wife and I, and, and I'm sure some of you do, too, Um, You know, some of them own private jets that they fly all over with and they have, you know, huge ministries with multimillion dollar uh, buildings. They have like million dollar uh, setups for their their sound and lights and recording and and all this kind of stuff. But if they're doing what God has called them to do, then we want to support that. And we also want to have the understanding that if they didn't have the money to do that, they wouldn't be able to reach as many people. And so, you know, if you know the travel schedules that some of them keep, you know, they're teaching in one place on a Sunday and another place on Monday or Tuesday, they're kind of all over the place. But if they don't have the resources to get where they need to be, then they're just not able to do the the full extension of what God has for them to do. That means then also that if we're not in the place where they are, then we're not going to hear the word that God gave them to give us. So if we can transport ourselves and our minds back to the New Testament era when Jesus was here. It was great for people to experience Jesus Christ in the flesh. I mean, that has to be, you know, one of the greatest experiences ever. But if you weren't where Jesus was, you didn't get to hear what Jesus said. And so now because of technology and these different things, we can do things a little bit different. But it takes our finances to be able to get the word spread to where it's supposed to be. So we don't want to focus on finances just for finance' sake. We want to allow God to be able to use us in whatever way that he wants to use us. And so we want to make sure that we're in the right place. So uh, the title for this this short time is called Prove It. And we're going to look at Malachi chapter 3. I got to set my timer so I don't talk your ear off. So forgive me for looking at my phone but it's for you. All right. So we don't want to be limited by our external things. We don't want God to say, man, you know, I really wanted you to bless somebody. And I was really hoping that you could go on this vacation and and also witness to these people while you're on vacation. But, you know, you don't have the money. So never mind. We won't get the word to those people. No, we want to be able to to do whatever it is that he wants us to do at any point in time that he wants us to do it. So in Malachi chapter three. We're going to look at this verse number 10. We're going to look at 10 and 11. But it says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. Somebody say all the tithes. tithes. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. So God wants us to bless us with more than we can accept. He wants to bless us with more than we can handle according to his word. What he's telling us right here is, is what we're reading. It's, it's not an interpretation of mine. It's just what the Bible says, right? In black and white. He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house. So there's a purpose that God wants us to bring our tithes for the house. But then there's also a purpose, something that happens with us, where he says, prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven. So... The title, prove it, comes from this part of the scripture where he says, prove me now herewith saith the Lord of hosts. So we have an opportunity as we give and we do what God has for us to do with our finances, as we give our tithes, which is the 10 percent of whatever uh, increase or income we have. And we have opportunity to give offerings on top of that. But as we do that, God is telling us that he's going to open something up to us that was not previously open to us before. Uh, we, my wife and I talked briefly, I think it was yesterday, we were talking about the word blessed. We were talking about how the word blessed is now almost like a cultural word. It's not a spiritual word anymore. It's not a church word anymore. Now it's just kind of in the culture, where now you can see <laughs> just completely unsaved people, or they are at least living completely ungodly lives and lifestyles. They'll talk about being blessed, or blessing this, or doing that. So they just, you know, kind of have taken the word and are misusing it. The word blessed in the Bible means uh, empowered to prosper. Now that's empowered to prosper by God, which means it it comes from God. So just because something is nice and you're doing well doesn't mean that you're blessed. It just means that you have uh, a certain capacity to be successful at whatever you're doing. But when God blesses you on top of that, he gives you an ability that you didn't have to go beyond what you were able to do in your ability and your skill set. Some of us have different skill sets. Some of us don't have the skill set to run a company. Some of us don't have the, the skill set to manage multi-million dollar budgets yet. Some of us do. Now, that, that's, that's okay. But what it means is that if we don't have that skill set, God can bless us with that skill set because He can put something on top of what we have. So if we are able to manage multi million dollar budgets and God blesses us on top of that, now we're looking at bigger numbers. It doesn't mean that if we can do million dollar budgets now that we don't need to be blessed. It just means that, well, it's going to go from million dollar budgets to much more than that billions and trillions of dollars. But the key is. Disprove me, it says, and prove me. And what we need to keep in mind as believers is that we have a job to do with proving the Lord with our finances. So it's our job to prove him and cause him to to do the rest of the verse. He says, bring the tithes into the storehouse and prove. He doesn't say prove me now by bringing the tithes into the storehouse. He says, bring the tithes into the storehouse and prove me. So I believe that shows us that there are two steps in what we're supposed to be doing with our finances. One, we're supposed to be giving and doing what we're supposed to be doing there. But secondly, we're supposed to be actively proving God that he'll be true and faithful to his word. So another quick thing to remember is in the world context, in the world's context non non-believers context, giving money is donating and that's an important word giving money in any other context in the world is just donating it's giving a donation to an organization or to a place for whatever purpose but as believers we should not allow ourselves to think of our giving as a donation our giving is actually sowing And when we sow seed, that means there's supposed to be a harvest that grows from that seed. But if it's in our mind just a donation, we're not expecting to get anything back. We're not expecting anything other than maybe a tax break, maybe a write-off, maybe a t-shirt that they give you if you donate a certain amount of money. But if it's just a donation, that means God is not related to it in any way. It's just people giving money. Anybody can give a donation. A non-believer can give a donation, and you can give a donation to anyone, anywhere. You can give a donation to a person on the street. You can give a donation to a 501c3 company. You can give a donation to uh, your neighbors. But when we sow, we are sowing into the kingdom of God. How many of y'all have ever done a project with planting a seed to watch it grow? It might be a project you did at school. It might be a garden that you had or something like that. Who's ever planted seeds and you do... Okay, when you plant seeds, you don't put seeds in the ground and leave them, right? We don't say, okay, man, that was tough. You know, Michael Bloomberg had a comment when he was running for president, and he said farming is the easiest thing in the world. You just put seed in the ground, and, and you know, it grows and does this, the rest. And um, and that was obviously false. And it was... Uh, well, it was a lot of things, but it, it just wasn't true. So when we put seed in the ground and we're farming, sorry about that, when we're farming, there are other things that have to happen. One, we have to make sure that we're taking care of it. We can water it. God can water it. It's in the dirt. The dirt does this thing that God designed the dirt to do. So we could kind of maybe say once you put it in the ground, you know, OK, maybe there's not that much to do, at least until it's time to harvest. We have to harvest, if nothing else, if we're not watering the seed, if we don't have anything to do with the sunlight hitting the seed, if we don't have anything to do with the soil activation of the seed, if nothing else, we do have to harvest the seed as it grows up and develops. If we don't harvest it, it just stays out in the field and rots or feeds the animals that come by and get some or the birds that drop in and and get a little bit of whatever they want at the time. If we don't harvest it, we won't be able to eat it. If we don't harvest it, we can't take it to the farmer's market and sell it. If we don't harvest it, there is no from farm to table concept or whatever it is that we're trying to experience. We have to harvest. So our encouragement today is to make sure that we're not looking at our giving like a donation, but we are mindful that we are sowing into the kingdom. And then we also want to do our part to reap our harvest. Now, there's a lot of good Bible-based word teaching that you can get on reaping your harvest like the specifics of reaping a harvest but the short version and answer that i can give to you is that we need to believe god's word is true that he will open the windows of heaven to us and pour us out a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive and we need to expect it tim story the evangelist long time ago one of his things was doing the bus stop he said i heard everybody do the bus stop and how many of you have rid- ridden the bus before Okay, well, for those of y'all that haven't, what you do at the bus stop is you look down to see the bus because you're waiting for the bus to come. Because nobody likes sitting and staying at the bus stop like there's no coffee spot at the bus shop. There's no vending machine. It's not comfortable. You're just outside. So when the bus you're waiting on the bus, you know, you're just constantly looking down, waiting for this bus to come, checking your watch and the schedule. We're looking for the bus. We're supposed to expect God's word to be true in our lives. So if we are expecting him to open up the windows of heaven, we should be looking for blessings. We should be going places and, and looking to see, well, man, how is God going to bless me today? How is God going to uh, return this seed that I've sown? How is he going to uh, help me harvest it? How is he going to help me uh, get into another place? When you donate something, uh, you have less at the end of your donation than you had before, right? because you donated, you gave it away, and that's like a one-end transaction. When you sow, you give it out for a while, but you're expecting it to come back. And when we sow in the kingdom, we give it out for a while, we expect it to come back, but we expect it to come back bigger than what we put out. There is no place in God's word where it says, if you give to the Lord, he will give it back to you. Like, if, if I borrow $5 or 10 because you can't really do anything with $5 today. If I borrow $10 from you, unless we set up some contract and agreement and talk interest, which we're not because that's too much. But if I borrow $10 from you, what should you expect back? $10. That's the deal. That's how we do it. But that's not how God does it. God says if you sow $10 according to what the word says, you can at least expect 30, 60, or 100 fold. He never says anything about a one-for-one blessing. He doesn't say, give me $10 and I'll hit you back at the end of the week. We should be expecting then more than we gave out. So part of our harvesting and reaping and expecting is expecting more. We should be expecting, man, what am I do with all this money when God blesses me? Or what am I going to do with this furniture when God blesses me with new furniture? We should already have it in our minds so that we don't have to figure out and dilly-dally when God is trying to bless us, and we're like, oh yeah, um, let me think, what can I do? How, how can I receive this blessing? Because if we have to do all that, the opportunity could continue on down the road. So we want to expect, we want to believe what God's Word is saying, and then look at verse number 11. This is the last part. Verse number 11 says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he will not, shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast their fruit before a time in the field. Wow. That means God will keep your stuff from deteriorating. When you put stuff in the field, like if you have deer around, you have to put fences around and stuff like that so they don't come and nibble on all your plants. Or if you put stuff in the ground, you got to keep the rabbits out and the, and the groundhogs out and, and all this stuff. You have to protect it from the animals that are going to come in and like, oh, They planted a garden for me. Did y'all see Peter Rabbit? Peter Rabbit, you know, the rabbits were talking. They're like, look, they, they, they got all this food. This is for us. Why would we not go get it? Well, that's not what we're, we're not sowing for the rabbits. We're not sowing for the birds. We're sowing for our harvest so we can do what God has for us to do. He says that he will keep the devourer from messing up our stuff. He will keep the birds out. He will keep the mice out. He'll keep, uh, he'll keep the plants from producing too early, which means he's going to make sure that a harvest is prime each and every time. But it's up to us to prove him that he'll do exactly what he said he would do. Amen. So hopefully you can add that to your thinking, add that to your faith, add that to what you're doing, and we expect to see great things happening with our finances, in Jesus' name. Amen.